You're listening to Shalise's podcast. All right. Well, Father, I thank you for this assignment that you have given me to release the prophetic word over your body, over your kids every single month. And I'm so excited about this assignment. And I'm super excited about what you're speaking over 2023. You said that the best is not yet to come, it's now. And so, Father, we want to enter into this word. We want to experience the best right this very second. And we thank you that that's what you're doing. That's what you're saying. And so it's real. It's true. And so we just agree. We agree with it, Lord. And I thank you that for February, as we enter into this month, Father, that you have things on your heart. There's clarity that you want to bring. There's instruction that you want to give. There's correction that you want us to receive. There's an alignment of uh with our with with our spirits with you lord that that is already in place but now you want to infuse that agreement and that alignment into our souls and into our words and into our actions and so we just fully surrender we fully surrender to what you are doing to what you are saying and we thank you that by your grace you're going to bring it to pass father because your words do not return void but they accomplish the exact thing that you send them forth to do so we just give you thanks we give you praise in advance for all that you're going to speak to us today in Jesus name. Amen. Well, awesome. You guys, I'm super excited. This is my first uh, monthly word of 2023. I mean, obviously I gave the word in January, which was for the whole year. And uh, that of course was the best is not yet to come. It's now. And if you haven't watched that video, you need to go check it out because the glory of God showed up so tangibly, literally tangibly in that broadcast. In fact, there's a glory cloud that shows up at the time marker of 2820. So if you've not seen that, go watch it because it will help you get on page with what God is doing, what God has been doing, really, you know, finishing up, wrapping up 2022 and coming into 2023. There's some really powerful revelation in that. In addition to the glory cloud, trying to get my hair like quit going crazy. Uh, So go check it out if you haven't seen it. But starting this month on the first of every month, we are going to start releasing a, a word for the month. And so this month, uh, it's, you know, pretty much every month, we're going to be expanding upon what God is doing in the fulfillment of the word that he's speaking over the year. So the context of this month's word is the best is not yet to come. It's now. Okay. So as we head into February, what I really have been hearing the Lord say, and you can write this phrase down because I want you to remember it and I want you to uh, really grab hold of it, okay? And here's the phrase, mean what you say and say what you mean. I'm gonna say it again, mean what you say and say what you mean, okay? And really what that phrase is alluding to is it's a it's really a reminder and a an instruction, if not a command even, for us to get a hold of the power of our words and the creative force of our words, okay? Now, I wanna take you back to the beginning of, of time, okay? Back to Genesis chapter one. And obviously, God means what he says and he says what he means. And in the beginning, he meant to create 
the entire universe. He meant to create the seen realm. And he created everything that we see with words. He started with the phrase, let there be light. And when he spoke that phrase, let there be light, light came into being. And so if you read through the creation account and you go through how God created everything that we see, the material universe, the energetic universe, the quantum universe, you will see that all of it was created with God's words. In Hebrews 11, verse 3, it says that through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things that are visible were made by things that were invisible. And so the key here and why God is speaking, that we should mean what we say and say what we mean, is that words are powerful. Words are creative. And words have the uh, the potential to materialize unseen uh, matter, unseen substance, unseen things, invisible things, and make them visible. And not only that, you guys, but words also have the power to make things that are seen disappear, okay? So an example of that would be, right, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. And he just simply said to the fig tree, no man shall eat fruit of you hereafter. And through those words that Jesus spoke, guess what? He meant what he said and he said what he meant. He said what he meant and he meant what he said. Okay, what happened to that fig tree? Well, it dried up at the roots. And when they passed by the very next day, the disciples marveled at this, you know, the fact that the tree obeyed Jesus's words. And Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty three. 23, he said, uh, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in their heart, but believes what they say shall have whatever they say. And he said that, that that is true for whosoever, okay? Whosoever, why? Because we are created in the image of God. In the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, in his sovereignty, he delegated the planet. He delegated his creation to Adam and to Eve. And he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and have dominion. And so we were created in the image of God to do that that mandate that God gave Adam and Eve. Now we know that Adam and Eve didn't fulfill that mandate. They were Eve was deceived and she ended up eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and fell from the place of revelation and fell from the place where her spiritual eyes were open and they began, you know, it says that their eyes were opened, but really their physical eyes were opened and their spiritual eyes were shut. And they began to be governed by their five physical senses. But Jesus, praise God, we can say that. But Jesus came and he undid what Adam did. And he recreated us in himself. We've been recreated in Christ. So now we have been redeemed. We have been restored back to the perfection of God, to the image of God. And we live and move and have our being inside of God. And we have also been given the mandate and the authority to speak things into existence using the name of Jesus. And really, you guys, many times we think that prayer is something other than speaking things into existence. We, and I, granted, I get it. Prayer is about 
fellowshipping with God. It's about, you know, communing with God. It's a lot of different things besides speaking things into existence. But true prayer, true prayer that James describes when he says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When we really pray uh, about a situation, it's not that we're asking God to do something. It's that we're commanding something that Jesus has already done in existence. We're commanding heaven, which has already been released on this planet because it is inside of us now to actually manifest in the name of Jesus. In fact, if you read that passage in James, what it, it, the example that's given is uh, Elijah. And he's given, he gives the example about how Elijah spoke and it didn't rain for a span of three years. Okay. And that, and, it, and if you go and look in the, the passage where Elijah actually spoke and it says he prayed actually in James, it says he prayed and it didn't rain for a span of three years. But when you go and look at how Elijah prayed, you know what? He didn't pray. He just said, you know, I'm standing here, you know, before the living God and I'm just, he just announced it's not going to rain for three years. And so he just spoke what God was speaking and guess what? It manifested. And so when, when, when God is telling us to say what we mean and mean what we say, he is saying, say what I'm saying. He's saying, say what I am doing into the situation. Use my name and expect it to manifest because the same works that Jesus did, we are, we can do and even greater works. And so way too many times we are praying about a situation rather than saying about a situation, meaning that we are not saying what is, is, is lawful in heaven. We're not saying what the victory of the cross means about the situation. Instead, we're asking God to do something that Jesus has already done. We're asking God to, to redeem something or to move something, a mountain that has already been moved. And that is a key to having effectual fervent prayer. That is a key, you guys, to praying the prayer of faith. And so as you think about that phrase, say what you mean and mean what you say. I'll tell you what, this is a real upgrade for us, you guys, because it means that we are going to have to gain some integrity with our words. It means that we're going to have to tame this little sucker in our mouth, this tongue that is in our mouth. And I've been teaching on this in my regular series right now that's called Walking in the Spirit. And I've been talking about James chapter three, and I've been talking about the the, the power of the tongue. And I'm not going to go into it in depth now because you guys can go watch um, that series or you can go listen to that on the podcast. But the gist of it is, it is that, is this. The gist of it is this, that if you can tame your tongue, then you can control your whole body. If you can control your tongue, you can turn any situation around. The analogies that are given in that chapter of James include when we put a bit in a horse's mouth, right? It controls the horse. It has another analogy where if it's that our tongue is like a rudder on a ship. And if you can control a whole ship by just turning the rudder, you can turn the dang ship around by using the rudder. Well, then guess what? You can turn any situation around with your tongue. You know, many times I talk about how in my own life, I had no idea what the power of the tongue was. And it got me into a big fat mess in my life. I had all kinds of problems. I had health issues. I had mental health issues. I had financial issues. 
And when God started to teach me about the power of the tongue and, and putting the truth in my mouth and getting an agreement with what God says about me, what God says about health, what God says about finances, guess what? Things began to shift. And so this taming of the tongue, it also says in James that no man can tame the tongue. But guess what? We're not mere human beings. We are people that have been... Uh, baptized into Christ and we are now one with Jesus. Christ is in us and it's the hope of glory. It's the potential of glory and the glory that is in us, which is Christ, which is his inheritance that is in the saints is released through the power of, of the tongue. It is released through faith-filled words spoken in the name of Jesus. And so if we are going to experience that the best is not yet to come, but the best is now, then we are going to have to talk like the best is now. It means that we're going to have to drop talking about the problems and talking to the problems. It means that we're going to start to preach the gospel to problems. It means that we're going to preach the gospel to our bodies, into our wallets, into our bank accounts, into our relationships, into our families. We can't be uh, speaking cursing. We can't curse things and expect them to be blessed. In James, it says that you can't curse and bless something at the same time, that those two things can't come out of the same source. You can't have bitter water and pure water coming out of the same source. And so I'm not saying that we're not going to have problems. There's going to be things that are going to exalt themselves against the gospel, against the knowledge of God. But we are commanded to take those thoughts captive and to take those uh, rogue scenarios captive and bring them to the obedience of Christ. And that is what we see Jesus doing all throughout his earthly ministry. He was enforcing heaven upon the earth. Okay. He was, he announced that the kingdom of God is at hand. He announced the kingdom of God has arrived. And he told his disciples to make that exact same proclamation. He said, as you go, declare, preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he told them to do the same things he had been doing. He told them to cleanse the leper, to cast out devils, to heal the sick. Meaning he, he was saying, release heaven. And then he said, freely you have received, freely give. Give what? Give heaven. Give the manifestation of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is now. And so our words should be enforcing what is lawful in heaven. It should be enforcing what is uh, permissible in heaven. Because, beloved, whatever we bind on earth is what has already been bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is whatever has been already loosed in heaven. And so we are kingdom enforcers. And we have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been given the dunamis of the Holy Spirit to release heaven on earth. And we have been given the authority of heaven. We've been given the name of Jesus to enforce heaven on earth. And so what it means is that we've got to elevate our speech. We've got to elevate our speech to the place that it is in agreement with the mind of Christ. And God does not speak 
anything that he doesn't mean and God doesn't say anything that he does not want to come to pass. In fact, he says that he calls things that be not as though they are. He calls things that don't not, you know, actually exist yet in the seen realm as though they already existed. So if we are going to say what we mean and mean what we say, there's another key to this, you guys. It's not just about controlling our words, but it's controlling what we see. We have to live by the uh, the, the the eyes that 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 have been given to us that are spiritually uh, focused. We have the ability to see heaven. We have the ability to see the redemption that Jesus has accomplished. Not because it's physically manifested, but because it's spiritually finished. And it has already been lavished upon us in Christ. Everything that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us in Christ. That's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And you guys, now, if it's been lavished upon us, how do we actually get it from the unseen to the seen realm? And we do it the same way that God did it in Genesis chapter 1. We speak it into existence in the name of Jesus. We preach. We preach, we preach, we preach, we preach to trees, we preach to bodies, we preach to storms, we preach to sickness, we preach, we, we, we preach to lack, we preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when whenever we see anything that does not exist in heaven, we do not come into agreement with it. Instead, we take authority over it with our words and we speak to it in Jesus' name. And beloved, as we begin to clean up our speech and we begin to give the Holy Spirit control of our tongues, there is no mountain that will not be moved. There is no situation that will not be turned around. There is no sickness that won't be healed. There is no storm that won't be stilled. Because why? Because the name of Jesus is the name above every other name. And when we have faith in his name and faith in what he has accomplished on the cross, and we have a revelation of who Jesus is, the risen, resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords, and that that king is living inside of us, and that when we speak his name, that it is just like him speaking it, well, beloved, then we will see the same results that Jesus had. And how do I know? Because that's what scripture teaches. That's what scripture commands. And the only reason that it won't work, the only reason that it doesn't happen is, is, is unlocked in Mark chapter uh, four and it's unlocked in Mark eleven twenty three. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus says that, you know, if you don't doubt, you'll have what you say. So doubt is absolutely the, the, you know, uh, what I want to say, it's like the kryptonite to what we're speaking. It will make our words powerless. And so doubting what we're saying will cause it not to happen. And then in Mark chapter four, uh, you know, Jesus then teaches on the parable of the sower, which kind of unpacks how does doubt happen, right? Well, doubt happens in our hearts. And in that parable in chapter four of, of Mark, you know, Jesus says that the sower sows the word, meaning a speaker speaks the word. A farmer creates a harvest with words. And we are farmers in the kingdom, if you will. And when we sow the words of God, when we sow the kingdom, when we sow heaven on earth, when we speak heaven in earth, on earth, 
It depends upon the condition of our heart on whether or not our words are going to produce a harvest, whether they're going to produce 30, 60, 100 fold, or if they're going to fall away and not be productive at all. And Mark chapter four will take you through the scenarios of what causes our words not to be productive. And it talks about the different conditions of the human heart. Some people, when they say the word, there is absolutely, it's not mixed with faith at all. They don't believe what they say at all. And guess what? The enemy comes immediately and steals that word. Others, they don't, the, the word is not able to take root. It's sown on what they call rocky soil, meaning they speak it for, and they, they, they hang on to it for a little while. But when, when persecution arises because of the word's sake, guess what? Those things, it comes in and it chokes what you've been speaking out. And then if you keep going, it says that, the weeds also can keep our words from producing. And the weeds are, you know, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, right? The worry that we have and, and, and the things that come up that are contrary to what we're speaking. And beloved, let me tell you, your words will be tested. Your words will be tested to see, are you going to doubt them? Are you established in it? Are you going to stick to what you're saying? Or are you going to fall away and change what you're saying when something contrary comes to try to tempt you to doubt it? But if you do not doubt it and you hold your ground, then guess what? The words that you speak will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold, meaning you will take it from a seed form that is planted in the unseen realm that you can't even see that it's in even been, you know, has been even spoken or planted yet. But as you stand and you do not change your declaration and you continue to say it, well, guess what? It will start to break through. It will start to break through. It will start to break through. And the thing that was unseen will become seen and it will manifest because out of the good treasure of our hearts, we are producing good things. And guess what? It happens both ways. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil of uh, treasure in his heart brings forth evil things. And believe me, when we say evil, it's not necessarily talking about, you know, demonic whatever, although it is demonic when we speak lies. It is demonic when we speak things that aren't in agreement with the gospel and in agreement with heaven. But the point is, is that anything that's not true is evil. Anything that is not in alignment with heaven on earth is evil. Anything that isn't in alignment with what Jesus has accomplished through his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, anything that's not in agreement with that is evil. It is antichrist. It is anti the mission and the victory of Jesus. And so, beloved, this is the time. This is the time. It is the time. What is it? The time is now. The time is now. The best is not yet to come. It's now. And if we want to see the best, then that means we need to see heaven. And heaven is now. The kingdom is now. And as we speak it and we believe it and we germinate the truth in our heart and we meditate on that and we don't change what we speak, we will have what we say, which should be heaven on earth. Now, I want to give you guys a testimony because this will work for any situation. It will work for any person. It will work for anybody in any country. It will work for anybody at any age. It is, it is an equal employment opportunity word. It is a truth that applies to all humankind. And I want to give you a testimony of this. So years ago, this is a great testimony that I wanted to give because 
I want you to realize how specific this is. Because it's it, when, when, it, when God says, say what you mean and mean what you say, he means get specific. Make sure that you're saying it specifically. So years ago, we had a school. We had a K through 12 school. We called it Creation Sciences Academy, by the way, because the vision for this K through 12 school was to, uh, number one, put kids in purpose by the time they were 12, uh, meaning for them to know their purpose. But it also was a reference to that there is a science of creation and that God used that science when he created things in Genesis chapter one. It also was inspired by the inventor George Washington Carver. And I love George Washington Carver because he, through his union with Jesus, invented all kinds of inventions. And he did it simply with a Bible, a journal, and his ability to hear God. He actually went before Congress because he had done all of these crazy inventions. And Congress wanted to know, what is your method? How are you able to do all these inventions? And he said that he took his Bible and his journal and his ability to pray and hear from God into his little workshop. He called it God's little workshop. And he said he would ask questions to God and that God would give him answers. And he said that he asked God one time, you know, what is man for? And God said to him, he said to him, oh, that's too big for you. He said, that's too big for you, little man. So he said, improve your intent and reduce your extent. And so it meant like, bring it down a little bit. Okay. And so then George Washington Carver said, well, okay, uh, can you make milk out of a peanut? And God said, well, what kind of milk do you want? He said, well, um, I guess I'll just have some good old Jersey milk. I'm not even sure what good old Jersey milk is, but that's what he said. And then he said, God proceeded to show him how to take the peanut apart and put it back together again. And George Washington Carver invented so many things out of the peanut. In fact, George Washington Carver believed that his purpose was to shift the economic destiny of the South from a cotton crop into soybeans. And he was there to revitalize that entire economy and to move it out of being dependent upon slaves. And so he knew his purpose and he used inventions to be able to do that. So I give you that backstory because that's important, I think, when I talk about this testimony that came from these kids that were in this school. I wanted you to understand kind of the vision for that school. And so God had spoken to me that the kids and I were going to take a mission trip and we were going to go to Romania in June. And I understood the power of the words. Here we were teaching our kids the power of the words. And so we wrote a simple one-page declaration. I still remember most of the declaration. It said, Father, thank you for your kingdom assignment to go to Romania in June. We thank you that everything needed to fulfill this assignment has already been provided. We thank you for plane tickets. We thank you for uh, uh, excellent accommodations. We thank you for signs and wonders that are following us every single day. We thank you for angels on assignment. And just kind of listed out these things. And at the end, it said, thank you that it's already been provided. Thank you that it's already done. In Jesus name, amen. And so we took that declaration and we began to say it every single week. So I would go and I would meet with the kids and I would sit with them and we would say this declaration out loud, out loud together. And then we would take a few minutes and we would just imagine 
what it was going to be like to be in Romania. And the kids would have all of these cool things that they would imagine and that God would show them. And so one of them was like, oh, I just see me ministering to the gypsy kids and I see them running around and it's just so beautiful. One of the kids was like, I'm going to, I see myself on the airplane drinking a Coke. My mom doesn't let me drink Cokes, but this is heaven on earth and I'm drinking a Coke on the airplane. And so they just had all of these beautiful little imaginations and powerful imaginations that God was giving to them. And, you know, so we kept doing it week after week after week. Well, I don't know, maybe uh, several months into this, right? We still hadn't bought our plane tickets. You know, these are kids. They didn't have jobs, right? So we didn't have necessarily the finances to finance this trip. And so I started panicking a little bit. And so one day driving down to the school, I kind of just decided, you know what, maybe we just need to postpone the trip. Maybe we were going to do it in June. Maybe we just need to do it maybe in the fall or maybe next summer. And I'm thinking about how to break the news to the kids that we just need the timing on this just needs to shift a little bit. And I'm, I'm driving down to the school and I hear God very, very clearly say to me, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, caught, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, cause you know, he knows, he knows what I'm doing. And he says, was this trip to Romania your idea? And I was like, no. And he said, well, who do you think you are then to cancel it or postpone it? And I was like, oh, got it. You know, but it was also so encouraging because I was like, oh, Okay, get back on it, get back on it, double down, double down. So I went to the kids, I shared what happened, and we began just doubling down on that declaration and seeing it done and and, and rejoicing over all of the things that were going to be happening on this trip. So the miracle of the story, though, is not necessarily that we went, which we did. The whole trip got financed, we get on the airplane, we get going, it's so awesome. Here's what I really want to share. We fly to Chicago on our way to Romania, and there's a terrible storm in Chicago. In fact, we get grounded, and the airline ends up putting us up in a hotel for the night. And we're a little bit bummed, you know, because we're thinking, oh, we were going to get to Romania, and now we're we're delayed a day, we're going to miss a day, da-da-da-da-da-da. And, but anyway, we, we we, we had fun. We went down to the city in Chicago. We actually did some street evangelism. It was fun. We get up the next morning, though, and one of the kids comes to me and says, hey, Miss Shalise, I'm not able, uh, I can't hear God. I, I don't know what happens. I, I can't hear God. And I, beloved, believe me, we train these kids how to hear God. And so I said, oh, no, 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 no. You can hear God. You can totally hear God. You're one with Jesus right now. I said, so go over to the corner. Just take a few moments. Go over there and sit on the couches over there. And I said, just get a word from God and then come back. So I'm telling you, he's not even gone. I mean, a minute, right? He goes, sits down for half a second, comes back. And he said, I got it. I got it. I got it, Miss Shalise. I said, okay, we'll just share it with everybody. He says, and he's talking as God now. He says, I said... Thank you for your kingdom assignment to go to Romania in June. And as soon as he said it, everybody was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Because guess what? It was May 31st. It was May 31st. And you know what happened, beloved? We landed in Romania a little after midnight on June the 1st. And the lesson was this. We had been speaking that trip into existence for months, and we even forgot what we had been saying. But we had said every single time, Father, thank you for your kingdom assignment to go to Romania in June. And do you know that the seen realm responded to our words to such a degree that it did not allow us to land in Romania until June 1st? 
And I can tell you that is a lesson that I pray that those kids never, ever, ever forget the power of our words. But here's something the Lord has spoken to me about that since then. He said, it will be as you decree, but the challenge will be to stick to your decree. And that's exactly not only what happened to us and these kids that were, you know, to us when we were planning this trip to Romania, but it happens over and over and over again. It really is an example of Mark chapter four, and it's really an example of Mark eleven twenty three. And I am so grateful that the father checked me on that and said, don't you dare change your declaration. Don't you dare change your plans. Because it will be as you decree. And of course, yes, the challenge will be to stick to your decree. And beloved, this is what February's word is all about. It's saying what you mean and meaning what you say. And here's the thing. You're going to have to say it. You're going to have to mean it. And you're going to have to stick with it. Because the seen realm will respond. And it will test. It will test. I mean, yes, the enemy will come to try to steal the word. There's going to be contrary things that potentially will arise. Think about it when Jesus said, let's cross to the other side and the storm rose up. Okay, just because something happens that's contrary to your word, don't think that that means it's not working. Instead, think it is working. And let me say this. As those contrary things, you know, and, and there are times when there will be no contradiction and you'll just say it like Jesus did. It depends whether there is unbelief and doubt in your heart over what you're speaking. And so when things contrary come up, that is an opportunity to now be, okay, what is this belief? What is this unbelief? What is this wrong belief? Where is this doubt coming from? And I'll guarantee it, it's coming from bad programming. It's coming from something in your past. It's coming from terrible teaching from that you got about Christianity and about the power of our words. And religion, dear God, religion hates what I'm saying right now. Religion can't stand what I'm saying right now. Why? Because it wants God to be in control and for us to be victims, for us to be sinners, for us to be unworthy. Uh, and that is a demonic spirit, you guys. It is an antichrist spirit. Religion is not of God. It is opposed to the victory of Jesus. It is opposed to the victorious body of Christ. And that I'm telling you that that will come up. If you have sat under anything in church that tells you that you are weak, that you are still a sinner, that you are unworthy. That stuff is absolute garbage. And if it's been programmed into you, it will come up. Your worthiness will come up because righteousness is what it takes to speak heaven into earth. Righteousness is as bold as a lion and it preaches the truth. It comes unapologetically and says, no, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is name is the name above every name. It's not even about me. It's about what Jesus has done. And it will stand in that invisibility of being hidden in Jesus as it's speaking. And so that will be tested. Your identity will be tested. What you believe will be tested. But here's the thing. It's good news. It's good news because if you will press into that, just like the father said, who are you to change it? Guess what? Doesn't mean to change it. It doesn't mean to get your tongue, you know, here you are with your little rudder going towards the manifestation of something and whoop, you turn it around, whoop, you turn it around because the circumstances arise that look contrary to that. Beloved, I have seen too much to know that this doesn't work. I have preached it too long and taught too many people that it works for it not to work. I'm telling you, it works. It works. It works for whosoever 
believes it works. And if you don't believe it, well then, okay, this isn't for you. This is not the podcast or the, the, the video that you should be watching. You should go back and watch whatever thing that you've been watching that, you know, it, you feel good about because this beloved is a confrontation. This is a confrontation with anything that doesn't look like heaven. It's a confrontation with against anything that exalts itself against Jesus. And it is a confrontation with an identity and uh, that is not true. It is a confrontation with a belief that are not true. And it is not for people that aren't serious about seeing heaven manifest on earth. And so here's what I know, though. You're watching still because that is about you. You are serious and you do want the very best and you want it now. And you want to see Jesus glorified through your life. You want everything that Jesus died and and was mutilated for to come to pass in your life. And you want to be used by God in the expansion of his kingdom. And so waiting is over. It is not time to bow down to the seen realm. It is not time to bow down to the voice of mammon. It is not time to bow down to the voice of doubt and the voice of fear. It is time to get bold. It is time to get loud if necessary and declare what God is declaring. And so whatever that, whatever that scenario looks like for you, whether that's a health challenge, whether that's a financial challenge, whether that is a relational challenge, whether that is for other people that you are standing for the breakthrough for other people. Beloved, I have seen this work, uh, when I, when I have spoken over the distance with someone. I mean, I've seen it save people's lives. I've seen people come out of mental illness. I have seen incredible things just by praying the prayer of faith, just by being an effectual, fervent prayer. Prayer, right? I, uh, an intercessor, meaning I'm speaking what God is speaking over the situation, meaning I am declaring the victory of Jesus over the situation and refusing, absolutely refusing to take no for an answer. Here's what I want you to know, that this is an absolute revelation, okay? And the more you do it, the more revelation you will get. For example, I've prayed for so many healings. I've, pray, I've prayed for against sickness. I've seen so many manifestations of healing. But as I would pray and speak to things, here's, a, here's one revelation that I got one time. And this is what I saw. I saw every single bit of creation, whether it's an atom, whether it's a cork, whether it's something that's invisible, whether it's an energy wave, whether it's a molecule, whether it's a cell in someone's body, whether it's atoms in a, a dollar bill, I'm telling you, the very core of creation, the very, very, very things that hold things together, right? Everything salutes the name of Jesus, okay? It's like the little atoms stand up and salute Jesus and say, yes, sir, sir. It's like the little quarks stand up and say, yes, sir. It's like energy waves stand up and say, yes, sir. The seen realm responds to Jesus, it responds to Jesus, you guys. Why? Because the seen realm is speech activated. It came into existence by the word of God. Angels hearken to the voice of the Lord their God to do his commandments. Everything is speech activated. Our bodies are speech activated. Remember in James 3, it says, if you don't offend in speech, you're able to control your whole body. The world is speech activated. If you want to know why things are so dark, well, look at how everybody's talking. Look at the media. If you want to magnify, it says we're supposed to meditate on things that are lovely and pure and of good report, but we're constantly fed the negative report. And you know what happens when we see the negative? 
negative report, we start to sneak negative. If you've never seen the movie Tomorrowland, man, that is a powerful revelation of the power of, of humanity's consciousness and the power of what we see and the power of what we say. And if the world is growing darker, it's because the attack on that is, is to be more negative and more negative. But here's what I know, that the light cannot be put out, that the light cannot even comprehend, that cannot doesn't even fight the darkness, that perfect love casts out fear and that the light shines, that when you say, let there be light, the light shines. And I will tell you the devil, it, one of his primary strategies is to get the body of Christ to not speak in alignment with the mind of Christ, because we have the authority of Jesus name. We've been recreated in Christ. And yet we are operating like mere human beings. We are being led by our physical senses, saying what our physical senses say, like we're just, you know, just under the fall, like our eyes aren't open instead of standing up and beginning to speak the word of God and beginning to actually take authority over the darkness and begin to release heaven on earth. Beloved, this works and it's time. It is absolute now. It's now, it's now, it's now, it's now. Heaven is now. The best is now. It's not yet to come. It's now. And everything is possible if we can believe. So it's time to start speaking. It's time to mean what you say and say what you mean. It's time to say what you mean and mean what you say. It is time to elevate our speech and it is time to give the Holy Spirit control of our tongues for our spiritual eyes to be the ones that we're being led by for us to wake up, to wake up and change the world. It is time. It is time for heaven. It is time for breakthrough. It is time for the manifestation of you. It is time. It is time. It is time. So you guys in February, I just want to let you know. God is going to be coming after your unbelieving speech, all right? He's going to be speaking to you and he's going to be checking you like he did me when I was driving down to the, to the kids, right? To say, wait a second, wait a second. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you going to say about this? What are you going to make this mean? What's coming up in your heart right now that is contrary to what is true? Because it is important for us to get this into our spirits and to our own revelation so that we can advance the kingdom on the earth. You guys, this is such a powerful truth. It has reversed sickness in my life. It has reversed. I mean, I just talked about, you know, how my sense of smell and my sense of taste came back uh, on, on Christmas day because I began to speak to it and we tolerate too much, you guys. And we start to shift what we say when something contrary starts to come up, but no more, no more, no more. You have heard what the Lord is speaking and the grace of Jesus is going to be on you this month to bring you into alignment with this word. And it's going to begin to bring you into alignment with your own words and your integrity is about to be to raise up. Your self-control is about to kick in and you are going to begin to tame your tongue and you are going to, be to begin to speak to things on purpose. Now, as I wrap, I want to say one last thing. I encourage you guys. This is what I call the operating manual. Okay, if you heard my word from January, you know, I talked about the divine reset and I talked about this upgrade in our programming that's happening. I talked about the source code. I talked about all these different programs. So again, listen to that if you haven't heard it. But as a continuation of that, I want to encourage you guys to make your own operating manual. And this is like the operating manual for your hard drive, just like a computer has a manual. And I encourage you to start writing out what you're saying and what you're meaning. 
and bathe it in scripture. I encourage you to write declarations the same way that I wrote that declaration for Romania and begin to speak what you want to have happen, what is in alignment with heaven, what the Father is doing in your family, in your finances, in your body, all of the different areas that you are creating in. And guess what? You need to get up and you need to speak it. And you need to speak it every single day, every single week, whatever works for you. And you need to take time and you need to meditate what you're speaking, just like those kids did. God is not a respecter of persons. If he will enforce the words of some kids and me speaking that we were going to Romania in June and it was exactly as we said it, then guess what? He will do the same for you. And this has worked. I mean, I have sold houses this way. I have bought houses this way. I have, you guys, this is true. This is true. So create your own operating manual. You can go and you can download some of the, the, the declarations that we have for you. If you don't have the My True Identity in Christ declaration, well, guess what? That's in mine. We'll make sure that that's downloadable for you on um, the blog and underneath this podcast. And then I've just written a brand new one that I'll be releasing along with this broadcast as well. And it's called Unionized Money Scriptures. And in this particular declaration, you can go through and you can unionize your money, meaning you can start to think about money, how you should be thinking about money because you live in union with Jesus. Let me just give you a couple of samples out of this, right? Uh, in Hebrews 1.3, it says, Jesus is the lawful owner of all things in the Amplified Version. So this one says, Jesus is the lawful owner of all things. And since I'm a joint heir with Jesus, so am I. Okay, Haggai 2.8. The silver and gold is God's, which means it's also mine since we are one. Okay, I could go through this, but I'm just going to let you download it. Now, let me tell you, this is going to offend the religious mind. Why? Because it offended the religious mind in Jesus's day. When Jesus has made himself to be one with the Father, let me tell you, the Pharisees went nuts. They tried to stone him. They tried to throw him off a cliff. So just be prepared. There's going to be pushback. Uh, don't be sharing this with people that don't get it, okay? I, and, and, unless they're going to get it and you're led by the Holy Spirit. But my point is, is that this comes with resistance. Why? Because the devil can't afford for you to realize there's miracles in your mouth. The devil can't afford for you to realize that what you say will happen and that when you get organized and you get some integrity with your speech and you start to get some discipline and some self-control with how you're speaking and you start to have some an effectual prayer life and you begin to say what God is saying let me tell you you will eat his lunch and you will live the best absolute best year in 2023 than you've ever lived because the best is not yet to come it's now and so it's time to say what you mean and mean what you say so you've got some homework Get your operating manual out. Start thinking about what you need to be speaking. Bathe it in scripture and get revelation of it. Meditate on it. Don't just speak it. Make it your own revelation so that you'll have the same kind of stories that I have. And when you share it, you'll also be able to tell the testimony, but you'll be able to say, yeah, because when I spoke it, this is what I saw. Yeah, I meditated on that. And God showed me this because meditation will clear out the weeds. Meditation will clear out the rocks. It will clear out your heart so that 30, 60 and 100 fold of what you're speaking will be able to come forth. So, man, I talk fast when I'm ah, fired up. But hey, it was right and it was tight. So that's the word for February, you guys. So listen to this as many times as you need to. Go back and listen to January again. 
Tune in to what God is speaking. Tune in to what he's doing in your life. And trust me, trust the Holy Spirit. He is able, he will finish the good work that he's begun in you. He will bring these words to pass in your life. And he will make his uh, words true for you in 2023. So I love you. God bless you. So glad you were here. And I'm so excited to be doing these words. So see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.